Welcome to the Vineyard Boise Sunday Message Podcast. You can join us live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on Facebook, YouTube, and vineyardboise.org slash live. Subscribe to our message podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And if you'd like to support Vineyard Boise, you can give online at vineyardboise.org slash give. Today's message is brought to you by Pastor Trevor Estes. Enjoy. This morning, we do have a special treat that our children's ministry has been working on for quite a while now. And so I'm going to welcome our our children's play director, Jackie Jensen, to come up right now. And Jackie's going to... uh, Would you welcome Jackie? And uh, yeah, and without further ado, here is our children's Christmas play. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much, all you parents, for being so um, just so helpful as we have been the last several months practicing. And thank you so much to all my volunteers. It, one of these programs, it's very quick. Like, it's crazy how much work goes into a 40-minute program. But it has taken so many adult volunteers, so many parents getting your kids here. Um, so I really encourage you, give them your full attention this morning. They have worked so hard, like you said, from when it was... You know, we've been working since September on this, so it's, it's been quite the process. But I chose this program because it doesn't stop at Jesus' birth, but it, talks, it tells the story of why his birth was so important in our lives. And I know our kids have so many um, things inundating them this time of year of what Christmas is about and the meaning of Christmas. And I really hope my prayer for these kids is that they truly understand, after doing this play, the true meaning of Christmas. So, without further ado, Vineyard Children presents No Vacancy. Well, it looks like Caesar is up to his old tricks again. I have to admit, he is creative in collecting money. This time, he wants everyone to come to Bethlehem? Before you know it, the town will be filled with tourists and their animals. Rush hour will be twice as bad, and pizza delivery will take forever. But he's the boss. Claude, Seth, did you hear that? It's tourist season again, and you know what that means? Leftovers. Easy for you to say. Last year, everyone wanted milkshakes. I lost 20 pounds in one week. (laughs) What if this is the year they want hamburgers? Excuse me, you think you have problems? Everyone knows Bethlehem is famed for sweaters, and where do these sweaters come from? Wool! I'm the only sheep you know. This definitely grows so fast. If you ask me, every tourist should be put back on their camels and set home. Hey, I like tourists. They're messy and they drop food all over the place. They're everything a mouse loves. I'd better hurry. The tourists will be coming in any time now. I can't believe how messy this place is. Food all over the place. I better set out a few traps before we attract mice. Hey, what are you doing? That garbage was my dinner. Shoo, shoo, I'll get you, you rodent, you! (laughs) That was a close one. Did you see the size of that mousetrap? Listen, we have to find a way to keep the tourists out of Bethlehem. Everyone in favor of Operation Go Home, say aye. Bye. Uh, Micah, Seth, I think tourist season is a little early this year. Everyone's here already. Not everyone. Come on, maybe if we can't stop the other 300 tourists, maybe we can make an example out of these two. Maybe if we give them about enough time, 
everyone else will have to leave too. What do you think? Here's my plan. Are we almost there yet? I don't think I can travel much further and it's getting very it's late. We're here, Mary. This is Bethlehem. I'll try to find a place to stay for the night. Welcome, folks. Just call me Mike the Mouse. I'll bet you're looking for a place to stay tonight. You've come to the right place. Okay, you are here. You want to be there. Way, way over there. No, we need to stay in Bethlehem for the tax. My wife and I are just looking for a place to stay. Can you suggest anywhere? Excuse me, folks. Is this your donkey? Yes, it is, officer. Is there a problem? May I see your license and registration, please? Our uh, what? Uh, I don't see any plates on this animal. Hmm. Sorry, officer. Fell off. Oh, dear. This doesn't look good. I'm afraid I'm going to have to take your animal in for questioning. Come on, donkey. Let's move it along. Oh no, just put in the barn for now. Okay, folks, you seem like nice people and all. I don't think this is gonna work out. I think you should go home now. Howdy, visitors, welcome to Bethlehem. How may I help you? Look, Joseph, it's a hotel. Let's see if we can stay here tonight. Hello, my name is Joseph, and this is my wife, Mary. We are looking for a place to stay. Can you have any rooms? Um, let's see, do you have a reservation? Let's see, Jonah, Judah, Josephette. Nope, don't see any reason for Joseph, buddy. Did you call six months in advance or register on our website? What's, What's a, a website? website? Not to worry. Hmm, here's something. What about a no-smoking room with a king-size bed, complimentary breakfast buffet? I'll even throw in a cradle for free. Looks like you're gonna need one pretty soon. How does that sound? That sounds wonderful. Sorry, we're all filled up. We saw that last one. You better go home. But your sign says vacancy. Oops, old sign. It's a height of tourist season, you know, and everyone wants wool sweaters. And hamburgers. Oh, tell me your troubles. Go home! Come on, Mary. We'll just keep looking. There gotta be somewhere we can stay.
Joseph? I know, man. We'll just keep looking. Good. What do you want us to do? You brought us to Bethlehem, but it seems like nothing is working out. I know you have a plan, so I'm trusting you. Just please help Mary. She looks really tired right now. Oh, look, Joseph. It's an innkeeper. Excuse me, ma'am. We're trying to find a place to spend the night. But the mouse at the travel agency said everything in town was filled up. Well, that's true enough. Wait, did you say your travel agent was a mouse? Look, I'd love to help you nice folks out, but there are no more rooms in the inn. Caesar Augustus made sure of that. Please, ma'am, my wife is about to have a baby, and I just need to find a comfortable place for her to stay. Do you have anywhere we can stay? Well, there is a place. I sure wouldn't want my baby to be born there, but I guess it's better than staying out here all night. Come on, I'll show you where it is. Micah, Seth, you, Micah, Claude, do you know the couple you're trying to run out of town? Yes. They're back and heading this way. Like I said, folks, it's not fancy, but... It's fine. Thank you for your thoughtfulness. It's been a difficult evening so far. Just seemed like everyone wanted us to go home. But God told us baby would be born in Bethlehem. And I'm just so thankful to be here. Sorry, couldn't it be something better? Have a good night, folks. I know I left the mousetrap around here somewhere. Where could it have gone? This place seems to be overrun with rats. I heard that. Excuse me? Now they're staying here? Well, that's just great. It wasn't enough we couldn't run them out of town. Now they're camping out in our barn? They think I'm serving a continental breakfast with fresh-squeezed orange juice in the morning? They've got another thing coming. Micah, that lady's about to have a baby, and we wanted her to go home. I didn't know she was going to have a baby. I mean, well, I wouldn't have been so mean if I had known. I feel bad. So she's going to have a baby. Big deal. Me and my husband had 500 babies last year. What's so special about one more baby? This baby is very special. This baby will change the world and help people have peace with God. This baby will die for all the wrongs in the world and rise again. There's never been a baby like this one. You know, I think I remember hearing about this baby before. I think Donkey is talking about the Messiah, God's own son. Is that right? Is this baby God's own son? Yes, and God has waited a very long time for this night. Come on, Clyde. We need to help them get some fresh straw in the manger. What's wrong with the hay there already? But for one thing, you drooled all over it. Oh. You guys can do whatever you want. What do I care that some special baby is going to be born? Not like this baby is going to do anything for me. Everyone's getting all excited over nothing. Micah, come back! Micah, wait! The truth is, a lot of people understood how Micah felt. They didn't care about God's son. In fact, many people believed God had forgotten all about them. They thought God didn't care about the things that scared or worried them, so they didn't expect God to change history that night. They just brushed their teeth and went to bed, never knowing that a miracle was about to be born in the barn down the street.
that time, the Roman Emperor Caesar Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census when Quirius was governor of Syria, and all returned to their ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph, Joseph was a descendant of, of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her, her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and weighed him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. baby you ask me, what do I care? I've got better things to do than start a baby all day. I wonder what his name is. His name is Jesus. That means God with us. This little baby has a big job to do. He's going to save people from their sins. But right now, I think he just needs to rest. Do you think Mary and Joseph would mind if I held Jesus? Imagine looking in the face of God. Look everyone, this is Jesus. Come on Micah, this is God's own son. Look at him. I don't want to. I don't have anything to do with Jesus. That baby will never do anything for me. But that's where Micah was wrong. Time went by, and Jesus, God's son, grew up. Wherever he went, he told people how much God loved them, how God's greatest desire was to be close to them. Some listened, while others wanted to kill him. I can't believe they just crucified Jesus. Don't they know that Jesus is God's own son? What do I care that they killed Jesus? He never dinged me for me. But Micah, didn't you hear about all the miracles he did? I was on the road one day and I saw Jesus heal a blind man. Yes, and I heard Jesus say he was the one of God and sheep wouldn't have to be sacrificed anymore because he was going to die for people's sins. That's really good news when you're a sheep. You guys can believe anything you want, but God doesn't care about me. He doesn't even know who I am. And frankly, I like it that way. Uh, 
I love you, Micah, I always have. I saw you the day you were born, the day you felt all alone and forgotten. I was there each time you thought God didn't care about you, but he does care about you, and he loves you. Jesus, you love me? How could you care about me when I've been such horrible things about you? I don't get it, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I never knew you loved me. I've been such a rat. Jesus? What is it, Micah? can't believe you'd be willing to give me a second chance. I know, Micah, but Jesus chose to die. That was the only way that people could have peace with God. Jesus, you're a king and I'm just a plain old cow. I'm no one special. There isn't a reason in the world why you would love me or even care about me. But you do, don't you, Jesus? Jesus, you died so I wouldn't have to. It doesn't seem fair, but to thank you. Thank you so much, Jesus. So, from that day on, everything was different. Claude loved telling Jesus' story. Seth was so happy, he told the entire flock about Jesus. And Micah, well, Micah was entirely grateful that God gave second chances, even to rats like her. In fact, Micah was so happy, she went home, and soon her entire family loved Jesus. And when you consider how many little mice Micah had in his, her family, that's a lot of love. Micah tried a few times to become friends with the innkeeper, but that's a story for another time. Ouch! I'll you, you rat! <laughs> Happy birthday, Jesus, and thank you for your gift of eternal life. We love you. Jesus, I'm so glad it's Christmas, all the tinsels and lights and the presents are nice, but the real gift is you.
All right, you can be seated for just a moment while our kids make their way back. Parents, if you have kids, they're going to be sitting in this little section right over here rather than them trying to find you right now. Um, but hey, I want to just take a moment. I appreciate you guys sharing your appreciation for the kids. Um, in addition to applauding for the children's ministry, I just want to acknowledge a few uh, people who've really um, helped to make this happen. So first, if you can uh, give your appreciation to our play director, Jackie Jensen. And also to our, our children's pastors and the whole children's ministry team. But uh, Kenny and Amber, Pastor Kenny and Amber, they've, they've spent time over the last few months um, just making space for this. And then, uh, and then, you know, we had some youth group volunteers in addition to the children's ministry. We had some youth group volunteers that jumped in to make this happen. And so we want to show our appreciation for them as well. So... I don't have a, a, a long message this morning, but I do want to talk a little bit about transitioning from what we just watched as spectators into a little bit of application. And really, I think of this as kind of priming the pump as we move towards Christmas Eve, as we come back together to celebrate our Christmas Eve. And, you know, we, we've, uh, we're going to bring in some more chairs, it looks like, for Christmas Eve because it's been pretty full in here this morning. Uh, but I want to encourage you to come back. And what I'd like to do is just to give you some thoughts right now to help you be, just be processing your response to this Christmas. Because Christmas is about more than all of the, the trappings of Christmas that it sometimes gets blurred in. There's a meaning to Christmas and a reason why it's been celebrated globally for hundreds and hundreds of years now. So what I want to do is just say a couple things. First of all, the, the play that we just watched had a great title. I don't know if you caught the title, but the title was, was No Vacancy. But that, there we go. That was the title of the play. And it's one of those titles that has a double meaning. It, it, it kind of works on a few levels because it, it plays on the, you know, the, the key storyline from, from the crisis that Joseph and Mary experienced where they reached Bethlehem and there was no room for them in the end. There was no vacancy. But it takes that, that event and it turns it into sort of a metaphor for the posture that people take towards Jesus. And so we've got the various characters in the play, Micah the mouse and Claude the cow and, and all these that, are, that don't, don't want to make room in their lives for Jesus. And so they say, no vacancy, no room, go home, you know, go away. And the reality is that that, uh, that experience that, that they had in the play, that's actually something that's been happening globally for thousands of years now. That what happened there in the play, that's actually a timeless truth that, that many people have a response to Jesus that is, is one of two extremes. So we're just going to talk about that for a moment. I think what this play depicted in a pretty acute and entertaining way is, is a nearly universal truth. And it's the truth that, that when we celebrate this event, that we remember in December and we celebrate this event, that's Christmas. You know, we celebrate it on December 25th. Uh, we don't actually know that Jesus was born on December 25th. Scripture actually makes no effort to pin down the calendar date when he was born, but more the story of that he was born and why. Christmas is really about the why, not the date. And the amazing thing is that for some 2,000 years now, this event of this baby boy born in a remote corner of the Roman Empire in a small and unimportant village to a previously unwed teenage mom 
that story has been retold and celebrated globally for 2,000 years. And yet, there's, there's, there's various responses to the actual story of what happened. This event has provoked strong and opposing reactions, just like the, the characters in our play who said there was no vacancy for them in, in, their, in their lives, in their hearts. And in the same way, many people find that there's no vacancy for Jesus in their lives. For some, this is because Jesus poses a threat to them. Jesus poses a threat to our independence, right? The idea if there is a, a God and Savior who becomes Lord of our lives, well, that, that threatens my independence because suddenly I don't just get to make all the decisions myself. Suddenly someone else is Lord of my life, and that's a threat to our independence and our, our independent human nature. For some, Jesus is a threat to the status quo of their lives. They don't want anybody to come in and rock the boat, right? And it's not that everything's going great in their lives, but at least it's predictable, right? I know what to expect. I know the things I've messed up. I know the things that are happening well. And I know, I know what the status quo is. I don't want somebody to mess that up. Jesus is a threat to that. Jesus is a threat to people's belief systems and their values, depending on, on how they've come to think about the world through their family of origin, through their educational shaping, through their cultural worldview. And Jesus, if this story is real, it presents a threat to that. It presents a threat to people's lifestyle and choices, where if, if there's a God and a creator and a savior who I'm accountable to, well, that suddenly makes some changes about the ways that I'm living, lifestyle, choices. Jesus can be a threat to the way people spend their money and the way people spend their time. There's others who don't really perceive Jesus as a threat, but they, they, see, they think of Jesus as he just doesn't fit into their, their thinking about God. We saw that in some of our characters today. We saw characters who said, well, he couldn't possibly know and love me. And so many people have that experience. They think maybe there is a God, but how could he possibly know everyone? How could he possibly know and love me? They don't feel loved. And so that's the way they, they, they project to God, that God must not love me. There's others who, who don't want to have anything to do with this story, with Jesus, with God, because they blame God for the pain that they've experienced. And many people, we, we live in a fallen world that's full of pain. We've all experienced pain, some far more than, than their fair share. And if we blame God for that, rather than seeing him come to rescue us from that, it can keep us at a distance. It can keep us saying, no room here. There's no vacancy in my life for you. There's some who, believe, who don't believe in a creator. They, they don't, there's, their worldview doesn't embrace the fact that this world, this amazing world, with all of the, that we know about life and creation and the universe, they'd rather believe that that's all just happenstance, that it just sort of evolved. Because if it just sort of evolved, there's no accountability to a creator. These are all reasons why people would say, I have no room in my life for Jesus. Others blame their, think their own mistakes have put them beyond the scope of God's love. People feel covered and distanced by shame. And so they think, well, there may be a God, but I've gone too far. He couldn't forgive and love me. And so for those reasons and others, many people upon encountering the story of Jesus, whether it's his birth announced by angels or whether it's his death and resurrection, which, by the way, was also announced by angels. This, is a, this life of Jesus is a cosmic event. 
announced on both ends of, by, by angels. And everything in between, people reject that because there's no room for them. People put a, a no vacancy sign on their lives and say, go away, go home, stay away. People say with their lives what the characters in our play actually said in their dialogue, and that is no room here, no vacancy here. This response that's been going on for some 2,000 years, this story, here's the amazing thing, this baby boy born in this, again, remote corner 2,000 years ago, people have really strong responses to that. Think of the, the literally billions of children that have been born since then, and we don't have the same response to all of their lives. But this child's different. Our character said that this child's different. This child has come as God become flesh to rescue us from the pain of our world, to restore into relationship what our, our first parents gave away in the garden. And so what if it's true? We've got two texts for us today. One comes from John chapter one. This is Jesus, one of Jesus' closest friends during his earthly life. And even in his earthly life, John observed as he watched people respond and react to the story of this Jesus, they, they, looked, they looked around, and this is what John said. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. That's, that's what our kids depicted in this play is that he came into the world, the creator of the universe entered into our world in humility, in the form of a baby, and we didn't recognize our creator, and even his own people rejected him. But here's the thing. That's been a dominant response to people throughout human history, but it's not the only response. I said earlier that there's been, there's been strong and opposing responses to this story of Christmas. On the other side of it, there's those who have welcomed him. And even John, in, as, he, as he continued on in that very same verse, he said, but not everybody rejected him. Listen to what he said. Let's read the whole text. He came into the world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But, there's our big contrast, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but with a birth that comes from God. John tells us that this birth and this life of this baby Jesus, it's more than just a historical birth in a remote corner of the Roman Empire 2,000 years ago. It's an invitation to a second birth, a rebirth, a spiritual birth that's open to all who believe in Jesus and take down the no vacancy sign of their lives. To those who invite Jesus to come close, to come inside, to make his home in them, and to be enthroned in their lives. To stop being threatened, and to recognize that Jesus is the only master who gives far more than he takes. So many people are scared to give up the things in their life that matter, but when we stop and truly reflect on the experience of those things, every master besides Jesus takes far more than it gives. Doesn't matter what we serve. Doesn't matter what we give our devotion, our attention to. Everything takes more than it gives, except Jesus. Jesus is the only master who gives more than he takes. 
Jesus offers a spiritual rebirth that begins from the moment that we put our faith in him and then extends off to eternity. Eternity with God instead of eternity separated from God. That's what Christmas is about. That's what we're moving towards this Christmas. That's the invitation this Christmas. And so I just want to close with, with one question that has maybe three different applications. And I just want you to think about this. So here's the question. If there was a sign over your life, what's the sign over your life? Again, we have these characters in our play who have a, a sign kind of flashing in their hearts that says no vacancy, no room, go away, go home. What's the sign over your life? You, you want to come up? I can't compete with you. What's the sign over your life? And I don't want to put pressure on you. I just don't want you to miss the, the, the true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> we, got, we got a runner. This is why children's plays are magical. All right, so we, it's a simple question. It's a simple question, but there's actually a lot riding on it. So I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes for a moment. Nothing magical, even if you're at home, if you're joining online, I just ask you to close your eyes for a moment. Nothing special about that except for that it kind of blocks out the distractions, even the cute distractions. Would you take a moment to reflect? Is there, is, what's the sign on my heart as it reflects to Jesus? For some, there's a sign that says no vacancy. There's no room for you here. I don't have room for you in my life. Go away, go home. Maybe you're here today just because somebody invited you. If somebody invited you, it's because they love you. They want you to hear the, the deepest meaning, the truest meaning of Christmas. I think some have a sign that no, doesn't say no vacancy. It says some vacancy. Some vacancy means you can come in, but only on my terms. Maybe stay in the lobby but there's some rooms that are locked off to you. I think that's the experience of a lot of Christians. When we first invite Jesus in, we don't know that he wants to enter into our whole house. He wants to be enthroned over our lives. He wants to make his home in our hearts. And yet there's doors that are often locked where we say, I'm going to stay in control of this one. And then for some, there's a sign that says, welcome. Jesus, I want, you are wanted here. You are trusted here. I know that you're altogether good. Would you help me with the places where I resist you, the doors that are locked, would you help me to unlock them? Give me the grace to give you my yes, to open my heart more fully to you. One of the things I love about this play that Jackie chose for us is that it shows characters that move to position. They weren't locked in the way they responded. 
Even Micah Mouse, he, he, he started off very resistant to Jesus, very protective, very self-protective. And he opened his life. He moved to position. At the end of the play, the sign didn't say no vacancy anymore. It said welcome. So here's the question before you today. What's, what's the sign been and what do you want it to be? you have room in your heart for Jesus? Are there things that are competing for first place? And would you today like to join the community of faith who have put their faith in him globally? right here, just a, a moment for you to pray. Instead of me filling all this time with my words, I want to invite you to silently just pray your own thoughts to, to God. You can talk to him in your own language. You don't have to speak in yees and theys. You can speak in your own language. But you can invite God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit, Trinitarian God. You can invite him into your life. And in those places where you're afraid, where you, where you have trust issues, you can offer those to him freely and say, God, would you enter in? Here, here I am with my concerns, with my fears, with my past, my present. Would you take me? God will do that. It's the reason that Christmas exists. It's the reason that he became human and entered into our world. It was to rescue us. So would you just take a moment to talk to God? a seed of faith in our hearts for the, the truth of your coming at Christmas. For your birth, for your death, for your resurrection and everything that it means. My hope and my prayer is that you've moved a position today towards Jesus towards greater openness, greater surrender. I especially want to just take a moment to, um, to acknowledge if, if you have had a no vacancy sign in your life, if you've said, Jesus, you're not welcome here, and today you've taken down that sign and you've made space in your heart for Jesus, this is the beginning of a journey with you. This is the beginning of eternal life. And Jesus tells us, God tells us, 
to, to acknowledge those things publicly. You may have made a private decision in your heart today, but I want to invite you to just acknowledge that just by raising your hand. And if that's you, here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. We have a people that are going to um, bridge and bring you a little packet. But what I especially want to do is invite you to come back on Christmas Eve because we're going to receive communion. And communion is more than just a ritual. There is grace that is imparted when we receive communion in faith. There's something significant that happens spiritually in us as we receive that in faith. So I want to invite you to that. We're also going to be having a baptism in January. And so if you uh, let us know that you would like to respond in baptism, we can invite you to that, uh, to, to what that means and what that looks like. So just uh, right now, where you are, if you, if you said a prayer this morning in your heart, would you just raise your hand? Um, we just want to acknowledge you. We want to welcome you. Um, have some hands over here. Here's the thing. If, if, you're not, if you're not acknowledging that right now, maybe you, you feel like, well, I'm, I don't want to be the only one. We've got a hand right here. If you have your hand up, would you just put it up until somebody puts their hand on your shoulder and, and brings you a little welcome packet? Don't be afraid that the other people don't have their hand up. If we don't have our hands up, it's because most of the people here have done this, something like this at some point. And, and what we are so excited about is when somebody joins this eternal family of followers of Jesus. So we just put your hand up and then, church, can we just celebrate that? This is why Jesus came. This is why Jesus came. church, I'm going to pray us out, and then I want to invite you to come back on Christmas Eve. Again, we're going to meet at four o'clock uh, in Heritage Hall for just a, a time of connecting and celebrating and photos, and then at five o'clock, we'll have a, a pretty brief service. It'll probably be a little over an hour long, so it'll be over around six, and you have lots of time left on Christmas Eve to celebrate. Just don't miss this time to come together, and I would encourage you to invite friends and family. So Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for our children and the gift they gave us of this play. Uh, may this Christmas, may we not miss the meaning of Christmas and may we make room in our hearts for you. Jesus, be made visible both to us and through us as we share your light in the darkness of this world. Amen. All right. Merry Christmas, church. Go make the invisible God visible. Thanks for listening. To respond or receive prayer after the live stream closes, please email prayer at vineyardboise.org. And if possible, include your phone number. We'd love to get in touch with you. Thanks.